speaking the truth to the state capitol. This is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, December 1st, which is a Thursday if you weren't keeping track. It's a balmy 48 degrees out. Oh, but feels like 50. I love that feels like thing. I'm your host, Jack Riggins. This is Drive Time Lincoln. We are always trying to restore American values and bring a little common sense and sanity to the capital city here in Lincoln. Um, just trying to think if there's anything I need to rehash from tomorrow or from yesterday. I don't think so. I don't think so. It was good uh, having Rick Green from uh, Patriot Academy down in Texas on, and he'll be uh, in town this weekend as well as out in Kearney on Sunday. Um, talking about all things, uh, the constitution, uh, with an absolute conservative slant, um, as well as, uh, Richard, longtime listener, longtime caller, finally called back in. And that made me feel good because you always worry when people reach a certain age. I don't know what age that is, but, uh, Johnny Cadillac is back in studio and Johnny was happy to see yeah, that as well. I was shocked. I was pleasantly surprised, but then I was like, why did he have to make his return on a day I was gone? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he'll probably call back in. The holidays will get slow. All right. Hey, I've said all week I'm excited to have younger folks in from the University of Nebraska, Turning Point USA, John and Colin. Welcome back to the studio. I know you've been in once before. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's good to be back. Um, well, let's let's do some first things first, because on the radio, we always like to plug whatever we got to plug multiple times. So you guys have a uh, MAGA Hulk event coming up that's right we're bringing maga hulk to the unl student union next week tuesday december 6 at seven o'clock p.m uh, he's going to be talking about systemic racism and masculinity and other issues that we face in our society uh, he might do some weightlifting might even lift you up who knows but wow yeah he's he's, he's a strong he's, he's a big dude huge. oh yeah he's a strong dude i mean wow yeah you if you have time for it Highly recommend you come. You're not going to want to miss this. So he is legitimately a Make America Great Again Hulk. Yes. Pretty much. Large yeah. man. Uh, folks, we're talking uh, John and Colin, University of Nebraska, Lincoln, Turning Point USA chapter. That's the way I think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Turning Point USA, if you're on the conservative side, younger, you probably absolutely know. They put out a lot of good content material, have a lot of great speakers kind of in there. Uh, sphere that uh, really are nationally and probably world renowned. Um, I think that for some people, um, for me, I enjoy it, and I'm glad to know there's a chapter here. I think older conservatives struggle with younger conservatives and Turning Point USA, and I love the message. But I think it's what I always call kind of the old guy on the hill, like, how darn they be? (laughs) Now, you know, because they call out things as an organization when they see it. And I think that's good in balance. And so what attracted you guys to the organization? Um... Man, well, what attracted? Well, like I said, um, my grandparents recommended I join the club. My parents too, actually. They kind of, okay. yeah, they kind of recommended. I was a bit skeptical. Uh, there were some speakers that I thought were kind of a bit too far to the right in the, to begin with, but I'm like, sure, I'll give them a chance. And I started listening to you know, like Charlie Kirk, Ben mm-hmm. Shapiro, uh, Jordan Peterson, and I found myself. I'm like, wow, these guys have a great message, you know, and I. Personally, I saw what Turning Point was doing on campus, and I was like, I want to get involved. How can I help? And that's yeah. kind of how I started the whole thing. 
Well, I was just trying to get involved with conservative organizations all over campus because I became a pretty big conservative like later. Like I'm a pretty moderate, but I'm solidly conservative. And I really liked Turning Point because I really liked the leadership. Like our president, Corey's a cool guy. Mm -hmm. And I like the other organizations too, but Turning Point just felt the most fun to me in the sense that we were kind of like the enthusiastic, new, sort of younger organization Yeah, that was promoting conservative and libertarian values. And we have really good leadership with like Charlie Kirk, yeah. Candace Owens, a lot of good young speakers who are getting involved in the conservative movement. You do. I mean, the the organization as a whole, um, I would say, is is leading the way in young Republicans, um, not just with some of the older p people that are part of Turning Point USA who are nationally known, but with uh, getting the message out to young folks. And, hey, nothing against conservatives to get all dressed up in their suit and tie. I'm sure both of you guys could do that. But I have to say, real life is, you know, a pair of jeans and a T-shirt and just believing in your values and, and being able to talk about them. One of the things uh, that MAGA Holt's going to talk about is masculinity, and I would guess the attack on masculinity, because uh, having been a former 20-year uh, military guy in special operations, I would say that, yes, I, uh, I lived, breathed, and was always on the side of proper masculinity, and it seems like it's under attack, and has been. It definitely is. I mean, you know, I... I have a buddy of mine, um, he also goes to the same university, and he was talking to a friend who, I don't know, well, no longer a friend from what he's told me, but she asked him, he's like, so, uh, what's your sexuality? And he's like, oh, I'm a, I'm just a normal straight white male, and she's like, oh, really? He's like, well, that's boring, then never talk to him again, and they were like friends for like the longest time, it, it, it was crazy, it's just... It's stuff like that, you know, stuff that may be small, but then like also professors encouraging us to be more open while at the same time ridiculing us because apparently we have it easy in life, you know, just hypocrisy like that. Why Why do you guys think that uh, an answer or a belief of, well, I'm just a red-blooded American man, I mean, is some kind of threat or frustrating to other people to the point where they feel they have to attack or make a comment about it? Well, it's like a victim mentality in the sense where you're trying to create sort of a boogeyman that you want to blame for your problems in a lot of ways. So, like, they, they constantly do that in terms of, like, like people on the left kind of have that strategy of pointing, oh, it's the straight white man, it's the systems in place that are benefiting everyone, but that what they're really doing is ignoring real issues and just creating racial tension to try to pick up minority votes. And my, more and more minorities are getting sick of that. And because of that, you're seeing a lot more Hispanics come to the Republican Party. You're seeing a lot more African Americans come to the Republican Party. And I think you're going to continue to see those demographics change in the future if the Democratic Party continues on the trajectory it is. And the Republicans will continue to make pickups if we don't go too crazy and we can keep a good, solid message. I mean, the thing I've never understood is, um, you know, America provides a pretty wide area for which all of us can attempt to live our dreams. But I've never understood uh, what's wrong, say, with the young man that grows up and wants to... Um, you know, have a job, provide, put food on the table, you know, fix things, or what's wrong with the man that wants to, you know, be very independent and just say, not get married and have a great career, you know, independently. Where did we go astray from really the archetype of the American man stands up for people that they can't stand up for themselves and they work hard and they figure things out and they provide? I think it's a departure from traditional values and sort of a introduction of more liberal ones in the ways that we've left traditional masculinity 
And an interesting stat is because I think people in the sexual revolution were giving in to more of their hedonistic attitudes of, okay, I'm just going to look for pleasure. I'm not going to have a family. I'm not going to get a job. I'm not going to be responsible. Because of that, you're seeing people acting on just these impulses and this, I'm, I'm just going to go for immediate gratification instead of doing the long thing, the thing that's hard, taking that personal responsibility. It's cultural demoralization in the sense that more and more men are not graduating as much. They're having troubles in school. They're making less money, like especially younger men. And women are doing better. But in terms of happiness, women are not because people are giving up on marriage. They're giving up on traditional institutions like having kids, mm -hmm. getting married. And, and research from the University of Michigan showed that happiness would overall decline later in life if you didn't marry someone because people, I think, got so career-oriented, so career-focused and thought that these traditional things didn't matter, that they've just been less fulfilled in life. And we, I think, need to go back to traditional values. But when I say that, like some people are like, oh, that's a dog whistle. You want women to go back to the home. It's Women can still work. Women can still be successful, of course. Like my mom always worked when I was a kid. But I think we can still have that and have traditional conservative values at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Any additional thoughts? Yeah. I just want to say how over the past decade alone, like I've seen it kind of like very slowly. The left likes to attack, you know, traditional masculinity. It's always been there. The past two years, I would say they've been really screaming at us saying, oh, this is wrong. This is this is insane. But it's always been there. According to Ross Douthat, um, he wrote for the New York Times back in June 3rd, 2014, he wrote that traditional masculinity has to die in just the same way that sexism and racism and homophobia have to die. It's utterly infected with a celebration of violence, sexual entitlement, throbbing misogyny, and a fake self-confidence that is almost always hiding total self-loathing. That right there is just completely ridiculous. And that's not what traditional masculinity is. That well, I don't even know what he just described there because I, I mean, I've been on the planet a pretty long time, and I don't know a single human being period end of story race on either side of the sex that fits that description i know and the fact that it it's came like they made up a boogeyman <laughs> name for my god and keep in mind this came out eight years ago in 2014 i mean that's eight years ago i mean i would expect to see this type of crap now but the fact that it was going on even back then i mean it just that sounds like, like a supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, like just... a lame is like the bad guy or something. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about corrupted. This guy right here is corrupted. I mean, that I don't know yeah. how he could come well, to that conclusion. Well, I think that he's, eight years ago, he's starting kind of the boogeyman, the, the narrative. Um, and I think, obviously, in the last two years, a lot of things have hyperdrived into one thing. I mean, one of the most common Democratic arguments to everything is, you're racist. Oh yeah. You're a sexist. The classics that they or, use. Or uh, forget a homophobe. Or yeah, that's down the list. I mean, it just goes down the list, and and it's really funny actually, um, because none of that has anything to do with oftentimes the conversation that's that's taking place now. How many of those are just bots on social media putting that out? I don't know. Uh, but I think it's a good topic uh, for you guys to be addressing over there at the university um, as shortly you and the rest of the males as well as the females will begin your life and the decisions of um work family work-life balance you know how you conduct yourselves obviously you already do i mean morally and ethically you know are there but you know they become very serious as we go forward and uh frankly it's a big part of the american way of life um 
this idea that um whether you want to call it traditional or non-traditional, in the end of the day, we've had a healthy class of men for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll still continue to see that despite the left trying to completely uproot, what, yeah. I mean, over the past hundreds of years of what a man should be. We're still going to see that. We might see a little bit less of it because those voices the left tries to amplify, specifically in the media and on Twitter, they're going to try and amplify that. But they're still always going to be around. For the, they're always going to be there, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, one of the things we'll get started, uh, we're on with Turning Point USA, Nebraska chapter, University of Nebraska-Lincoln chapter, John and Colin. Uh, midterms, before we get too far into the show. What would you guys think of the midterms nationally? We blew it. Yeah, I was right. I was right, everyone. I just, sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> sorry, I, I don't want to sugarcoat things, because the thing is, Trump nominated some candidates that were not quality candidates. They didn't do the right fundraising. Like, give Mitch McConnell all the crap you want, but he knows how to fundraise. He knows how to pick candidates that can win, and Trump did not. Like, Herschel Walker had gaffe after gaffe in a state where Brian Kemp, the governor, won by 7.5 points. And some people even with like J.D. Vance, like, well, J.D. Vance won. I'm like, yeah, but didn't Mike DeWine win by like 25 points and J.D. Vance only won by like seven? That's the thing is when we focus so much on like the election and getting into conspiracy theories and Hunter Biden, sure, we should talk about the election issues with the election and Hunter Biden, but we need to talk about the issues people actually care about, like inflation, crime, mm -hmm. and emphasize that instead of nominating more radical candidates. Because like with Don Bulldog, for example, the Democrats were giving him money. As were other, they were other sort of Trump endorsed candidates because they knew they would lose, and then they did. And it's a strategy that paid off. But we shouldn't be continuing this by mm -hmm. nominating candidates that are not quality candidates. Um, I want to go more into that. I mean, I agree that it wasn't the win that conservatives thought it was. Um, I, my feeling is it's a d deeper systemic issue, and I I always call it the Trump Mitch McConnell fight yeah. or yeah. the fight for the soul of the Republican Party. Um. But I would I would digress a little bit to say I think your theory holds water, but I don't understand good electable candidates in the money. Because I agree with you, Mitch McConnell can raise money. But where are we as a conservative of a nation if the only people we can elect have money or can get money? $50 million, say, for a Congress seat. I mean, is that where we're going to go? Do you as young conservatives feel, you know, that's the best person that represents me? Why? Because they can stick, in this case, to the Mitch McConnell line, and they can raise $50 million. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I personally, I kind of find it disappointing that, you know, the candidate with essentially the most money is going to get elected, specifically in primaries. I mean, general, it's just going to be split upon party lines, but... I know back in the Nebraska primary, I voted for Lindstrom. I felt that he was the underdog. I felt that he represented my values. I like Pillen, support Pillen 100%, but personally, I just felt that he was kind of too cookie-cutter for me, mm -hmm. didn't really address specific Nebraska issues. But at the end of the day, he just, I mean, he did a bigger campaign. He did a better campaign. You know, he didn't even have to show up to any of the debates. And, you know, he still won. <laughs> the thing with the fundraising was, like, Trump had money in his super PAC, I'm pretty sure, but he just didn't use right. enough of it. He didn't use very much, so it's not like they didn't have the money. It's just Trump didn't strategize, right, when we could yeah. have easily been winning this. And I think fundraising isn't even just about, like, big like donors it's also about individual contributions so fundraising is more of a skill than just oh i'm appealing to the elite i think you can appeal to common people and try to get fundraising there too so i i do think that different conservative factions can fundraise effectively without being part of the establishment it's just they need to do it more effectively if they want to be serious contenders
Yeah, I think so. And I think really uh, the midterms are just a, an extension into this, like I said, uh, so, the battle for the soul of the Republican Party, which will continue on. And we'll talk more about that as well as uh, what you guys think of Trump's nominate, not nomination, excuse me, announcement that he's going to run for president again. All right, KLIN 1499 You're getting the 411 from DTL. With Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, John and Colin are on from Turning Point USA, University of Nebraska, Lincoln chapter. Uh, they're going to have the uh, Make America Great Again Hulk in. When is that event? That is going to be Tuesday, December 6, 7 o'clock p.m. at the UNL Student Union. We don't have an exact room yet, but just show up. Uh, one of our representatives will guide you to the right room. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend you guys show up to this. Um, all young conservatives, yeah, at the university or wherever. I su- I suspect it's open to anybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, open to the general public. Uh, you don't have to be uh, a university member to join. You know, if you just want to stop in, say hello, see what this guy's all about. Feel free to do that. You know, it's free. Probably snacks there. Don't quote me on that. But I don't That's know. all right. The union's got plenty of things to buy. Uh, topic will be systemic racism as well as masculinity, or as I like to say, the attack on masculinity. That's right. Yeah, he's going to be talking about two of those things. Um, and, yeah, he's just going to go into that. and how that Roger works. that. Well, you know, hey, it's one of the things after the midterms, which we were talking about, you know, conservatives around the nation, as well as these two young gentlemen, we're trying to figure out how to get more young people involved, the future of American conservative values. And we try to do our part here at KLIN uh, Drive Time Lincoln. And uh, it's always good. We'll continue to talk with these guys when we come back. I'll open the phone lines if any of you want to call in. We might make it exciting. KLIN 1400-993. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks. <laughs> Johnny's giving us the word live, guys. That's okay. That's okay. We got young, excited conservatives from the University of Nebraska, John and Colin from Turning Point USA on there uh, talking about uh, their speaker, Maga Holt, coming. Uh, he'll be uh, discussing systemic racism and the attack on masculinity. Um, Appreciate you guys coming on. I really do. Uh, we were kind of talking midterms, but I, I wanted to transition. Um, well, first, if any of you have calls for the younger generation, feel free to call in on the Rexton Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. We'll see how good they are at the defending and talking their points. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Hey, I'm ready for it. <laughs> we'll see. We can back you up if, if need be. But uh, 
as part of the midterms, you brought up a great point about, you know, quality candidates and money and Trump's candidates. And you kind of had Mitch McConnell. And I just say, you know, it's a preview to this ongoing struggle in the Republican Party. I don't actually know when it got started sometime during the Trump administration. But that brings me to the fact that Donald Trump then announced he was going to run for a primary win, you know, for a bid for 24. So thoughts on that? I think it's going to be super interesting. It's going to be super entertaining. What that means for the party, though, I mean, it's honestly going to do really nothing but divide us even further, which sucks. But uh, I'm pretty sure DeSantis is probably going to make his announcement, and then they're just going to fling mud at each other because, you know, that's what they do. Uh, but Iron <laughs> sharpens iron? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? You, you said divide, and I agree there's a divide. What do you think the divides are? The divide. The divides are mainly, you know, Never Trumpers and the MAGA people, the, you know, MAGA people, they're loyal to Trump. They've always been, you know, he's yeah. always been the outsider candidate who represents the people. And the Never Trumpers, uh, I know a lot of them, and I know they specifically feel betrayed. Uh, you know, January 6th, that's a huge controversial topic, but I know a lot of conservatives that are like, never supporting Trump again I would support a Democrat over him even if it's Biden and really yeah I've yeah. known some people like wow. that. there's some deeper divisions among the party like they go into deeper ideological divides that you don't necessarily see on the headlines like mm -hmm. foreign policy that's a really big thing because Trump was very isolationist and very mm -hmm. like collective security like we're gonna stay out of armed conflict and find other ways to de-escalate things whereas People like Bush and the establishment were more trigger happy with, you know, let's go to Iraq, let's get involved in the Middle East, and then Trump got big into tariffs. Mm -hmm. So you have the more Republicans who are open to being on the global stage more, and then you have the more Trump conservatives who are saying, okay, let's look more inside, let's look more domestic and not have as big of a, like a role on the world stage. That's like a major divide within the party. As well as like the election and was it stolen or not? How much fraud was there? Like that's yeah. a big thing where that's very controversial. Even at like meetings, like when we go to, that's something that people talk about a lot. And I think that's kind of the main thing, kind of driving the Republican Party apart. But I think honestly, if we can just find that candidate that is a fighter and shares just some common values, we can win twenty twenty four easily. Do you? Uh, most people would assume that Ron DeSantis is going to run. If you had to choose right now, who would you pick? Personally, I would choose, it's hard for me, but I choose Ron DeSantis. I think, you know, at, at first Trump did put the American people first, but now whenever I hear him speak, it's all about him. It's all about how I was robbed of so many things. Everyone's all against me. It, you know, what happened to really him, you know, fighting for the common man? And I just don't really see him doing that anymore. You know, he's, and you know, he's kind of getting involved with a bunch of crazy characters you know that whole anti-semitic guy that showed up even though that he didn't know about that yeah though, to be, like, yeah he didn't that, that was actually to be fair that was set up too that mm. was set up that so you're saying up. probably DeSantis if you had to vote today probably and okay. i and it's not just like issues here at home it's also national issues the world is a lot more dangerous than it was about four years ago I mean, we got china we got to worry about russia the ukraine conflict how are we going to deal with that and to be fair, I haven't really heard both of them talking about that, but I think it needs to be addressed. I oh, think I think as a debate will ensue, those will be big topics. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with DeSantis. I think DeSantis is very 
energetic. He's very energizing the base in Florida, especially we had a red wave in Florida. Like we killed it in Florida and Trump, the candidates he endorsed and his sort of MAGA steam is running out and we're not really winning elections with him. So I think if we put DeSantis at the head of our ticket, he's someone who still fights the media. He still gets into the culture war and stands for conservative values, but he doesn't get caught into some of the politics and some of the arguing and the semantics that Trump does. He has a way of being more statesmanlike and being serious when the time is right to be a unifier and be a leader. Well, there you go. Two uh, young conservatives say if they had to choose right now, they'd go DeSantis. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I, I got to... This is a curveball for you. All right. So, do you guys know who Charlie Munger is? Charlie Munger? No, I don't know who okay. he is. I barely know who he is. But Charlie Munger is of some fame because he got in early helping Warren Buffett, um, Berkshire Hathaway. So, um, a very wealthy man. And he uh, has been making the rounds media-wise today because he said the biggest problem in the world today is not greed, it's envy. And... Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. What, and, according to Charlie Munger, greed and envy. He said greed used to be the biggest problem. Now it's envy. Do you think that's true, or do you think there's an alternate theory to some of the issues across the globe today? Like when it comes to like politicians, or like in the world, or just like you know, kind of like an average Let's everyday. Let's say man, man, just. Society at large. I think envy is certainly a, a big issue. Like, for example, with student loan debt, where people are not being accountable, because there's so many options you can do if you go to school. You can take out a loan. You can get a job. You can get a scholarship. There are so many, You go to the military. There's so many different avenues, but instead there's sort of this reliance on the government that do stuff, and the government's just going to spend money to pay for people's college, even though there's so many other alternatives and we're already in debt but we're just driving the debt even higher it's getting worse and these government programs are just getting bigger and more bureaucratic so i think that's kind of the issue he's talking about like it's it's a more simplified version but it's a long it's a bigger issue with bureaucracy and people being more dependent on government and not more self-sufficient because i think there are many programs that we could cut many ways to be more self-sufficient without needing more government because that's always the message of the democratic party is he, more government i don't know his politics but he did talk uh, in that in his explanation about you know basically people wanting always wanting wanting right and, um thoughts uh i mean when it comes to like greed and envy and people wanting i kind of see greed as almost a subset of envy mm. i mean it i don't know if it always has to do with envy i think you know greed you know I, you know, someone could be a billionaire and still, you know, didn't want to take all the money. But I, I personally, I've seen a lot more envy nowadays than greed. It used to be maybe like 10, 15 years ago. But envy, I've seen a lot of envy, specifically when it comes to dating and relationships. Got a lot of people, you know, upset because, you know, they just going to say it, they can't get some. You know? <laughs> there's a lot of entitlement, too, where people think they're owed things. People think they're deserved things very much. I think our generation is becoming more entitled because i think we are the weakest generation in the sense that we've lived in such a cushy world mm -hmm. and we live in such a nice country that people have lost appreciation and that's one of the biggest paths to happiness is being appreciative of the things you have and i think people are increasingly just more pessimistic and that's kind of the cool thing is just to say oh america sucks everything around us sucks instead of just appreciating the things you have and being able to look at other countries look at other parts of the world and appreciate what you have and i think that's one thing i like about the conservative movement is that we're generating an appreciation of traditional american values and of the things we have and of the constitution and trying to uphold our institutions 
Yeah, I had an off-air conversation yesterday with somebody and said, just what if? What if in the mind game uh, China invaded Taiwan or took over uh, Japan or you know did a Pearl Harbor and we had to mobilize and, and draft Americans? How many people would not serve today? I mean... Um, and my point is, it's a thought experiment, but mm-hmm. my point is, is the anti-American sentiment within America um, and understanding where we've come from and where we're going to go also has to do with your masculinity and the attack on it is what you hope always is that you never have to mobilize as a nation. But in fact, history tells us that if you want to be free the way we live, um, you're going to have to do that. And it would be an interesting thing to see the call to arms. It would be. I think there'd be, I don't know, I mean, back in 9-11, I've heard stories about how 9-11 was the great unifier. It was a horrible, tragic event, but it unified Americans from all walks of life to, you know, fight radical Islamic terrorism. And there are arguments that if we had a similar situation like that today, people have considerable doubts that we could come together and that, if anything, it would just split us apart even more. And that's what I find incredibly sad Mm. that people are even saying that. Yeah, I, I don't think young people, not young people in general, but I think it's harder for people to have grit because the education system in a lot of ways coddles people in the sense that like they have safe spaces where you're not being open to different ideas or interpretations of political philosophy. You're just fed this certain interpretation and other people are kind of pushed out and called hateful or, you know, the classic Democrat argument of, oh, you're a racist, oh, you're this, oh, you're that. And you, those types of things are shutting down conversation. And so because of that, people aren't as open to hearing different ideas and aren't as don't have that grit that a lot of other people have and that other generations have from experience in tough situations. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. You know, one of the things, uh, you know, when Charlie Munger made that, I, I did have to laugh. I mean, he's a wealth, very wealthy person and he made the comment, uh, you know, he had rid himself of envy. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I think that that is admirable. Uh, but I, I also had to laugh because I was like, well, you know, if you were absolutely financial set, we all have problems. Mm. That might help a little bit. But I do think he's on to something in the sense that, um, Envy and the wanting or the expectation, from my opinion, of somebody owes me something or somebody needs to do something for me is absolutely the wrong way to be a good American citizen. Mm -hmm. Again, the the freedom is you have a choice to go make something of yourself. And uh, oftentimes that just isn't the way it is in the world. And so I think he was onto something. It's just an interesting kind of a thought experiment. Um, Back to the university. Any issues going on at the university right now? Is it calmed down? I have to assume when Black Lives Matter and and all the social justice stuff was at its peak, mm-hmm. um, you know that was a lot of it, and it was it happened to be with COVID. But you know what's big on campus these days? Well, we've been trying to get our event. You know, we've been trying to spread the word about MAGA Hulk, and it's funny because there has been countless of you know just small stuff like posters, unsanctioned posters that always go up in the student union and mm-hmm. stuff. The moment we try and spread our message, suddenly the university cares about, oh, you guys, they can't call us out. But what they're doing is that they're taking our posters down and only our posters and then putting up a giant message saying, now, be sure to go through official channels. Remember, guys. Do you feel that conservative thought is treated equally at the university? Absolutely no, not. No. Not even close. Not in any education whatsoever, especially, especially in academia. Like 96% of college professors are liberal. And what is that? Today, I was talking to one of my buddies about this once, and he was like, well, 
people on average become more liberal after they leave college just because they're smarter. And I'm like, well, maybe the issue is that the teachers are overwhelmingly liberal and they're pushing this liberal worldview. And not only that, like on the website, the UNL website, they require you to put your pronouns, which is absolutely ridiculous and it makes no sense. UNL, that is absolute big flag. That That is silly and that's disgraceful. That's disgraceful. And even like, even back through like a year ago, back when the whole, you know, get vaccinated and stuff. Personally, I am vaccinated. I am too. Mm -hmm. But what they were doing is that if you didn't get vaccinated, they were going to make your life a living hell. And basically, you know, it's like, now if you're not going to get vaccinated, you have to get tested every other week. But if you get vaccinated, you only have to do it like once a month. And it's just stuff like that to make it more difficult for people with different ideas to, you know, express our, themselves. Our president, Corey, uh, he, he's not vaccinated and he has gone through a lot of this. And he's talked about this probably a lot more than we have because he's pretty strong in his stance in the sense that he, he was hesitant to, but he had to go through a lot of hurdles from the university to just go to school and just do the stuff he wanted to do. So in, in class, is there a lot, you know, with that many uh, liberal professors, is there a lot of the uh, group conversations and things that kind of just get dominated by left thought opposed to conservative thought? I guess it depends on what you're studying, maybe. Yeah, honestly, I can't really say because the classes I have, we don't really go into political discussions that much. Um, I'm honestly just going to pass this over to you, John. <laughs> you know, do you have any stories on that? Well, I, I see it a lot, like especially when I was in high school. It mm -hmm. was really bad in the sense that you'd have teachers, not not all of them. I had some really great teachers who sure. maybe they were on the left, but you could have great discussions with them. But then you have other people where if you have, and this is with college too, if you have an opposing viewpoint, you get shut down. Mm -hmm. You get quieted. You get like, or for example, I remember one time I was in this class and abortion came up, and they said, okay, only women can talk about this issue first. Really? Yeah. The, the, a teacher said that? Yeah, it's like, she goes, stakeholders, you talk first. Oh. And it, it's stuff, it's little things like that. Or As a father of four and somebody that really wanted to have kids, it amazes me, while I understand the female would be the one to have the procedure, it really amazes me the sentiment to uh, cut out the male a, in the conversation, and B, in the decision cycle. And the reason I say that, in my opinion, while we're not caring, the baby is 50% ours. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and so it's amazing that we just push men to the side in the conversation. Now, in that ultimate choice, you know, I can understand because the female is carrying in the body why there is like, you know, the percent, so to speak, advantage. But to deny males an opinion well, they just, or to deny males to be part of the conversation is, is sad. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I say 100% of the decision should go to the unborn child <laughs> in the womb. And, you well, know. if they get that Elon Musk neural link figured out, yeah. maybe one day we'll know. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, I'd like to hear their voices on the radio. <laughs> Speaking of Elon, what do you guys think of this Twitter deal? Oh, I love it. He needs to expose, and I think he said he's going to expose how Twitter has been censoring conservative opinions. I think it goes all the way to the top. I think. Well, I mean, to. it's so logical yeah. to watch. Mm -hmm. It's just, can he get it out in a way <laughs> that other people that are on the fence will be able to to understand it? Because there's no doubt. I mean, they were censoring. Oh, people. they were. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate conspiracy theories, but that is something that is a hundred percent true. Oh, like, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I mean, they of course they were, and, and conservatives have had to start a whole you know parallel platform economy thing just to talk. Um, and so I, I do. I find it one of the most fascinating things when it comes to constitutional rights. And I hope he 
continues to do what he's doing. Uh, I also think it's interesting because he would say he's left and the left left him. Um, yeah. You know, and and so, you know, I, I think that it is the public uh, sphere, the circle these days, the town square, excuse me. Um, and it needs to be free, you know, for, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I see a lot of people on the left arguing that, oh, it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. If they want to ban you, they can. And it's not that it's not that they're, you know, the argument is that they can or cannot do this. It's that should they be doing this? And everyone should be saying that, no, they shouldn't be doing this at all. It's wrong to censor opinions that you don't agree with. You know, you well, know? I think if you're a company in, in America, right, and your 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 company's model is to let people express themselves and it does become the town square, you have a responsibility to uphold the Constitution. John, I want to give you time. We only got 30 seconds. Because I know you're active on Instagram. Oh, yeah. My Instagram is J-O-H-N underscore the underscore R-O-T-H. John underscore the underscore Roth. We're just making it clear so people (laughs) know who to follow. The John Roth from Turning Point USA, University of Nebraska, as well as Colin. Yeah, the Twitter thing I think everybody needs to follow. Um... Because in today's world, it is where people communicate, where we get our news, um, and it's got to be free. Free the bird. KLIN 1400-993. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1400-993 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, we're finishing up with uh, Turning Point USA, University of Nebraska, Lincoln Chapter, John and Colin. Uh, programming note, tomorrow we'll have a uh, representative from Barry Law Firm on to talk about the presumption of innocence. One of my favorite topics, um, just because with media and everything today, it is just so easy um, to forget that that's our system. And so I always like to talk about and have an expert come in and talk about what it is. Uh Colin, will you go over the event one more time? MAGA Hulk? Yep, MAGA Hulk coming to UNL, the Student Union, Tuesday, December 6th at 7 o'clock p.m. That's next week, Tuesday, December 6th, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Student Union. Fair enough. Guys, thanks for coming in. You're of welcome. You know, really appreciate younger. it. Keep doing the conservative fight down there at the university. Uh, Rick Green from Patriot Academy will be in Nebraska all weekend here in Lincoln, <clears throat> 6 p.m., Suite 111 as well as out in Kearney on Sunday in the afternoon. Uh, tickets you can get at NEP, NE.GOP, or basically the Nebraska GOP. He's a conservative speaker. He's on yesterday. You should know that if you listen to the show. <laughs> so, Barry Law tomorrow, and I'll be here. Johnny will be here. Um, folks, I'm going to be out of town next weekend, so Doug Fitzgerald will have next the show. Next week, not next weekend. Yeah, that's why you're the producer. That's yeah. right. Next week. So Doug Fitzgerald will be hosting Monday through Friday, and I'm sure he has a great lineup, including wrestling. I think wrestling's... Yeah, Brian Blade will be back on, on Thursday. There you go. For MWA. And I will be here all week. Well, there you go. Now, all the listeners are tuning in now. Johnny will be here working the board. Um, Yeah, folks, interesting times here in Nebraska, interesting times in the country. I think uh, talking with these two young men about midterms as well as uh, Trump running, you just get some great insight, great young insight. All right, have a good night. 1,499.3 KLIN.